When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the IDP show and a happy new year to you all. So most of us had our fantasy championship last week and congratulations to those who managed to win it all. But there are some brave souls among us who don't mind navigating the challenges of playing through week 18. And here on the IDP show, we leave no man or woman left behind. So I'm here to present the week 18 and my final IDP rankings show of the 2023 season. Now, I've been joined by some amazing guests this year, but for this one, the season finale, I'm going to be riding solo. But no fear, I've got a ton of players at each position to hype and fade. And without further ado, I'm going to kick us off by talking about the linebackers I like for week 18. So my featured guy, in this spot is Ivan Pace Jr. He's my LB16, and that's his highest position in my linebacker rankings all year. Now, I know this guy was in my dislikes as recently as last week's show, but that was because Jordan Hicks came back from that injury in week 16 and immediately won back that sole every-down off-ball linebacker role on the Vikings. It was kind of a nice surprise, if I'm honest, to see Pace reverse that script. Last weekend, he played every down against the Packers, while Hicks had only 89% of the snaps. I mean, yeah, the game got out of hand pretty fast, and the Packers had like a 23-3 lead over the Vikings at halftime, but even before that point, Pace never came off the field for the defense, which was a, a major increase in his playing time, given that since week five, he'd only played 38% of the defensive snaps at most when Hicks was available. I think his wheels up for Pace... Even in an average matchup against the Lions this weekend, whoever has had this every down roll for the Vikings, whether it's Hicks or Pace, has had above average tackle efficiency this season. And I'd, I'd love to see Pace finish with a big game. If he has 10 or, or 7 tackles, depending on uh, whether you trust the NFL's own stats, he'll become the first undrafted rookie linebacker to surpass 100 combined tackles in 10 years and that would just make for a great story so come on pace we know you can do it there's other guys i like at the position this week and that list is headlined by miles jack he's my lb29 he played every down in the absence of cole holcomb quan alexander and elandon roberts which was a bit of a surprise for those of us who thought that he might share the load with uh, mickle walker the results were okay, he had just 7 tackles, but the Steelers' defense played only 49 snaps, and I suspect they'll be on the field a lot more than that versus the Ravens this weekend, who, by the way, have been one of the best matchups for opposition linebackers in terms of tackle efficiency and volume. Just keep an eye on the injury report, Landon Roberts is listed as questionable, didn't practice on Tuesday, but if he somehow returns, he could kill 
Jack's value this week. Uh, next up is two guys who are in great form. So EJ Speed, my LB12, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who is my LB19. Speed has hit double digits in four games straight. He's got a chance to do the same in a favorable matchup for opposition linebackers against the Texans this weekend. JOK has had two double-digit tackle efforts in his last four, two interceptions, a pass breakup, and a sack. I got a little concerned with him last week when his snap share dipped to just 72%, as it was sort of 79% or more every week since week 10. But he kind of rebounded in a big way, played two snaps short of every down against the Jets. He is in a good spot to have a day against the Bengals in week 18. They've been a pretty average matchup for opposition linebackers most of the season. But under Jake Browning, opposition linebackers have been faring a bit better. My only slight concern with JOK is what his snap share looks like in a game where the Browns have little to play for. So on to linebackers I don't like. My featured player here is Devin White. He's my LB45. I was left with Egg on my face after fading him before week 16. He played a lot better than usual in that game. He finished with only five tackles against the Jaguars, but he did come up big with a sack and an interception. Last week against the Saints, he had a pretty solid eight combined tackles, but he did so despite losing snaps to KJ Britt. If he plays anything like the 73% snap share he had last weekend, I think he could struggle to be impactful in Week 18 against the Titans. They've been a bit of a friendlier matchup to opposition linebackers lately, but they still rank in the bottom six at the position. My other dislikes include Nick Neiman. He might be a tempting option after finishing with 10 combined tackles against the Broncos, but he was a distant second with his 68% snap share to Eric Kendricks, who played every down in Kenneth Murray's absence. Murray is still listed as questionable, but there is a chance he makes it back. And even if he doesn't, I don't fancy Neiman's chances of producing on the same level as last week when he's playing only, what, two-thirds of the snaps. It doesn't help his cause that the Chargers play the Chiefs in Week 18 either, as the Chiefs have allowed fewer than 16 total tackles to all opposition linebackers per game this season, and one of the lowest rates of any team over the last month. Blake Cashman is another guy I'm avoiding this week. He's been the Texans' best linebacker all year, but he's being pushed by Christian Harris, who, despite missing way too many tackles still, has otherwise played a lot better down the stretch. I suspect Cashman's reduced snap share against the Titans may have been health-related as he was third to not only Harris, but also Denzel Perryman after leading that group for most of the season, I might add. But this is a gamble you don't want to invest in during your championship game, right? So defensive line, two guys from the same team who have risen sharply in my rankings for week 18 are Josh Allen and Travon Walker of the Jaguars. It's no secret how good Allen has been this year. He's got 88 pressures, 18 sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception so far. And he would have been my nomination for the IDP show, IDP MVP episode, if I wasn't overrun with family commitments and I managed to get my submission in on time, but I didn't. There's going to be a lot of interesting discussions, I think, in the IDP community this offseason about whether he has joined the elite tier at the position. I think he has. Travon Walker is clearly not on the same level as Allen. His 14.2% win rate is less than half of Allen's this year. 
and it ranks only 72nd out of 125 edge rushers. But he plays a ton of snaps, ranks 19th in pass rush snaps at the position, which has helped him put up 55 pressures and 10 sacks this year. The reason I've chosen the Jags edge rushers this week is because they're playing the Titans, who, due to injuries at the position, are currently fielding the weakest pair of offensive tackles in the league. Andre Dillard, in particular, is a major reason why they've allowed the third most sacks in 2023 and 19 sacks in the last three games, by far the most of any team over that period. For that reason, I have Allen ranked as my DL1 this week for the first time this season, and Walker is also a season-high DL24 or Edge 19. There's two other guys I like this week who I want to highlight. The first is Yaya Diaby. I've suggested in recent weeks that we kind of pump the brakes a little bit on this talk about him being the rookie defensive player of the year. Yeah, the sack rate is impressive, especially for a rookie, but the pressure, volume, and rate leaves something to be desired. This week, though, I think he's in a good spot to have a productive week against a Panthers team who have really struggled to protect their QB of late. Uh, I'm going to make myself sound like some kind of Zadarius Smith fanboy here by talking him up for the second time in the last three or four weeks. But there's something to like about a guy who has 18 pressures and two sacks in the last three games. His tackle rate is abysmal. I, I accept that. And that makes him more of a, a boom or bust type. But with the Browns playing the Bengals this weekend, I like Smith's outlook. Especially when he's going to spend most of the game going up against Bengals right tackle Jonah Williams, who was allowed eight sacks this season, tied for eighth amongst all offensive tackles in 2023. So a defensive lineman I don't like. I'm, I'm really pushing my luck here by nominating Daniil Hunter as my featured fade for two weeks in a row. This is a guy who's been on fire this year. He's in the defensive MVP conversation after putting up 74 pressures, 17 sacks, four forced fumbles, and 62 combined tackles. But I was right last week as he had one of his quietest outings of the season against the Packers. And I think there's a chance that I could go two for two, given his matchup this weekend, the Lions. They rank fourth in the league, allowing only 1.9 sacks per game this season. And Hunter will spend most of his game matched up against Penai Sewell, the right tackle. Sewell has allowed only one sack in 2023, and he surrendered the least amount of pressures of any offensive tackle who has played at least 800 snaps. Obviously, it takes just one lucky or good snap for Hunter to prove me wrong here. And my rankings, where I have him as my DL11, Edge 11 as well, they do reflect the fact that most fantasy managers will have to start a player of his caliber. But for those in one DL leagues, or for those who are just disgustingly stacked at the position, I prefer the matchup of guys like Josh Allen, Miles Garrett, and Micah Parsons. Other defensive linemen I'm fading this week include Michael Hecht and Byron Young. The biggest thing these guys have going in their favor is snap volume, and that's a major factor in why they've been productive at times. Only six edge rushers have played north of 900 snaps in 2023, and Hecht and Young, two guys on the same team, are two of those six guys. Both have been fallers in my rankings this week because... Despite how terrible Colton McKivitz is at right tackle, Brock Purdy and the 49ers are allowed only 1.9 sacks per game, 
and only 1.7 in their last three. Now that snap volume I mentioned does give Hecht and Young a nice floor in terms of their tackle volume, but is that what we really want in Championship Week? I don't think so, especially when there's a chance that the Rams choose to mix it up given they've already locked down that wild card spot. Christian Wilkins is another guy I'm recommending people sit in Week 18. He's had a career year as a pass rusher with 52 pressures and 9 sacks, but his tackle volume and efficiency have fallen away drastically. His form in the last two games has been poor, and I just hate his matchup with the Bills this weekend. The Bills lead the league in allowing only 1.3 sacks per game, and even in what might be a shootout, I suggest you look elsewhere for DT help this week. So onto the defensive backs. I've gone with another pair of players on the same team here with Charvarius Ward and Diomedor Lenoir. They're my DB 23 and 26 respectively. They've both been excellent choices at cornerback this season for slightly different reasons. Ward has been the, the kind of the big play specialist, if you want to call him that. And Lenoir has put up the, he's had a safer floor by sort of producing more tackle volume and better tackle efficiency. Even so, the chances are that I'll be proved wrong with at least one of these two, especially as I've gone with corners over safeties. But this matchup with the Rams was too good to ignore. They'd given up the most tackles to opposition corners of any team in the league, the highest tackle efficiency too. And, you know, Jared Goff has a reputation for having games with multiple interceptions. That's been the case on occasion this year. I think that's a little unfair. He doesn't have a bad turnover worthy rate but against a talented defense like the 49ers have I think the chance of turnovers does increase. Continuing my theme of showing the corner some love this week there are a few others I like. Cam Taylor Britt could do well against this Browns offense. The Browns were a below average matchup before Joe Flacco took over at quarterback, but since then they've been one of the go-to matchup to target opposition cornerbacks. That idea took a bit of a hit last week against the Jets on Thursday night football, but I think the Bengals will keep it closer than the Jets managed to do, and as invigorating as Flacco has been for the Browns' offense, he leads the league with seven interceptions over the last four games. And while I hate trying to predict turnovers, Taylor Britt has shown a knack for coming down with interceptions this year with four in 11 games. His Bengals teammate Jordan Battle deserves a shout out too. He hasn't delivered the big plays and he's still not completely replaced Nick Scott in Lou Anarumo's defensive scheme, which is criminal if you ask me. But he has been a good source of tackles this season. He has at least six combined efforts in his last seven games. The Browns haven't been as kind to opposition safeties under Flacco, but we've seen Battle produce some of his most productive weeks against teams that should have been difficult matchups on paper. I like his chances of repeating that feat here. Just realized I could have mentioned Rodney Harrison as well. Uh, he played pretty much every down alongside Nick Cross with Julian Blackman on IR and Rodden Thomas relegated. So if you're in a pinch, and let's face it, you're, you're probably not going to be at the DB position, right? Uh, you could you could lean Harrison's way. DBs I don't like then. So DeMarco Hellams, he was a trendy choice as an ascending player. He pretty much replaced Richie Grant in weeks 15 and 16. I talked him up on a previous episode of this show, but his snap share dipped to only 72% after being in the mid-90s for the previous two weeks. 
He could rebound to earn a more significant role this week, especially if the Falcons manage to keep this game close. But with so many options at DB, that concern that he's already fallen out of favor is enough for me to move him out of my top 75 DBs. Why take the chance? Kareem Jackson is another guy I'm fading at the DB spot. I thought he had a chance to immediately step into a full-time role for the Texans, but he was third behind Petre and Houston Carson with a, a pretty pitiful 37% snap share. Maybe he wasn't fully up to speed and maybe he plays more this week. It's possible, but again, this ain't the week to gamble. Championship week for some of us. Alohi Gilman of the Chargers is my last choice in this segment. He's relied on lots of big plays to sustain relevance in IDP, especially in his last five games. He's had an interception, two pass breakups, and a forced fumble over that span, which is nice, but he's only had 24 tackles in that same period, which is very poor. The Chiefs have been a very poor matchup for opposition safeties this season, and while Mahomes has shown a tendency to turn the ball over a little more than we're used to, I don't know if this Chargers defense has what it takes to make this happen. Not in a game where they've got very little to play for anyway. So that brings today's show, the last show of the season, to an end. I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to tune into these shows this season. Having the opportunity to run with these rankings episodes has been awesome for me personally. Your support has meant the world and it's very much appreciated. It's been my first year with the IDP show and I need to let our audience know that these guys are as good as it gets. Josh, Addy and Bob are building something really special here and I'm just pretty made up to be a part of it. Last but not least, I want to thank all the wonderful guests who have come onto the show to talk IDP with me this year. You guys have been amazing. Even the guys on the West Coast, bearing in mind I'm UK-based, who have kept me up until the early hours of the morning. I just wouldn't change this experience for the world. These rankings then that I've touched on today are over on the idpshow.com. If you want to follow me and my ramblings on IDP, I will continue to loiter on Twitter or X at Jace Abbey. Until next time, I bid you all a happy new year once again, and bye for now. Tired of the hurt, got tired of the shade. Just booked a flight downtown LA. With my head in the sand, eyes to the sky. Keep my chin up, gotta get mine. Too old for the handouts, doing just fine. No suicide.